So this past year, how do I put it? <sighs> Ugh. It has been one of the hardest years I have gone through since like 2010 when I got divorced. And that year sucked. But with 2018, I uh, lost my, my little girl, Tease. Had a horrible like string of luck in the uh, middle of 2018 with some of the work stuff. Uh, that I'll probably talk about sometime in the future, but not anytime soon. <sighs> Had to leave one of my jobs I liked the most for one of the jobs that I always wanted to hope to get, which is, you know, always a hard thing. But yeah, 2018 was hard, man. I mean, I was tense, stressed out to the max over and over again, and I am ready for 2019. So today's podcast is going to be on looking forward to 2019. What we're going to do is I'm going to look at some of the future guesses that I had back in the podcast for 2018 forecasting. We'll see how probably wrong I was there, and that'll be a lot of fun. Then what we'll do is we will check and see a little bit more about what I think might happen in 19, 2019. What can we do with some of the things that I'm expecting to see in 2019? And then we'll talk about uh, how we can make a difference with some of that stuff. So first things first, let's see what I predicted in 2018. 2018. Uh, wages not going up very much. That was true. Wages did not go any up much. I said that I think the stock market will be do well. Oh, but only if the Bitcoin thing wasn't a bubble, which was wrong, because Bitcoin has just dropped like nobody's business, but it really hasn't affected the rest of the market. So yeah, major takeaway there was specifically that wages won't increase, and I don't see wages increasing for any good reason. Like, there's no great reason except for demand, and no one's showing any proclivity, or no one's trying to make any difference for the average folks. The one thing that you did see is there was a ton of bonuses given, uh, but bonuses are a way of not having to guarantee you'll get something for sure in this in this in the future and so the fact that these bonuses were there are not like indicative specifically of wage growth specifically i haven't gotten a raise a lot of people i know haven't gotten a raise haven't seen a lot of like opportunities for raises uh, another thing i predicted is that democrats will be anti-trump rather than doing the whole hard work uh, I think they read it a little bit too much into the Doug Jones thing. I think Democrats did do okay. Uh, I don't think there was really a blue wave. I thought they showed signs of progress. But in some ways, I think it's really good to see that there wasn't this giant blue wave because everybody's feeling a bit unsettled from the 2018 election. And so that will be an area where we continue to have to fight and look forward in the future about what we things uh, we can do specifically. Uh, I think uh, they need to keep looking at trying to make better connections with folks from historically marginalized groups because I really think those people are the best way forward. I, I think I'm going to make this a saying, if you really want some shit to get done, go find some black women because they get shit done. That's going to be my new saying, black, indigenous, Latino people getting stuff done. 
Uh, tech, I said that tech will continue to lead in diversity and inclusion issues. I think we saw plenty of evidence of that with Google, uh, with Uber, uh, a bunch of other things in that, in that area specifically. Now, here's one of the things I got wrong, but I'm going to double down on that, is there was a scare of a recession. That did not happen, although I do think that the housing market is cooling. Back then, I said that the housing market was overwhel is overvalued. I think now it's cooling. I think that there's still a gap for millennials being able to get into the housing market or whether they want to get into the housing market or not. I think housing is going to be one of those things that's really, really interesting in the future because the population dip that's happening with younger folks, there's not going to be so many people that need all these houses and there's going to be a ton of houses and they're not going to be enough people to get into the houses. So I think housing is going to be a problem at some point in time in the future. I didn't realize this was true till I started talking to you about this now. So I really need to figure some stuff out with my own housing situation because that I think there's plenty of evidence like given that there's just gonna be less people and we keep making more housing this is gonna maybe be a problem so interesting depending on people if people move around and stuff so things I predicted things would get more difficult for higher education it's hard to tell if that's true or not especially in the space that I work because we keep doing really dumb things that just run off our students and it's really really difficult to see but I do think higher education is still really lagging and trying to find a way to react to the fact that there's just less students and there's going to be less students coming to us. The only way higher education is going to be able to get out of this situation is if they start to look to re-educate adults that were in manufacturing jobs and blue collar jobs uh, and they're finding those jobs are getting replaced by automation. This is the only place I see people for new recruits in the area for higher education specifically. I said Bitcoin would finally be taken seriously by large financial institutions. I don't know if that was true or not. There's no real evidence of that. I do think that they're a threat and I think it's interesting because we could just pay each other really quickly, but I think there's a need or a way to make a Bitcoin translate to dollars incredibly quickly and that has not been figured out yet. And so with that, we're still going to be kind of waiting to see what goes on with that. I thought that there would be a major accident involving self-driving cars. That was wrong. There was no major accident. That happened in 2017 with Uber, but nothing as of yet. What's interesting though with self-driving cars is people are getting really mad at them and they're chasing them down the streets and like wanting to like threaten them, which is funny because they're robots and they don't really get threatened. But because they're so conservative as drivers, other drivers on the road are just super pissed at them. And so the transition is becoming more evident in that People are getting mad at the cars for being too cautious. I think that won't be an issue when we just get to sit in the cars and read or surf on our phones or whatever. Like once more and more people get to ride in those cars, I think we won't be as upset. But currently, right now, there's more people driving than there is in the self-driving cars. And so right now we're seeing that piss off, that sense of annoyance. And so we're getting a sense of what's going on with that. I said that more and more big companies would be sued for people feeling like diversity and inclusion in the workplace is a thing of the past. I didn't see any evidence of that. I feel like it's been a good time for business. I think that's good. I mean, for me personally, I think it sucks when business is really good for me personally because it means it's really bad for work, for everyone in general. Like when I am needed super bad everywhere in the world because of my diversity and inclusion talents, I think that means that there's a lot of problems. And so the less I am needed, the better the world is, I think. And that's one of those things I didn't really, really feel like was such a big issue. 
And then the last thing that I talked about was that our dividedness was our largest concern in the U.S. And I am seeing that that is still true. I was reading one of the websites. <laughs> I should probably cite that a little bit better. I saw it on Apple News specifically, and it said that uh, some of the Russians were trying to get more and more people of color to vote for Jill Stein in order to subvert the Hillary Clinton vote in 2018. Again, I think our dividedness is going to be one of our biggest threats, and it's going to be one of the places where foreign outsiders really try to divide us the most so that was where i was in 2017 estimating what would happen in 2019 so looking into 2019 what do i see in the future so i'm gonna let's hold my biggest idea for last because this is going to be like the word of the year of what we try to institute so I really think that economy slowing down is going to happen. I am going to say this with a giant butt, though. Here comes the giant butt. Uh, you should never inject a big butt into a conversation. One of the things I've heard from nonviolent communication, which I thought was always really funny, like because you put that giant butt in a conversation and it makes things go downhill. I'll have to remember that. I'm a big butter, so I need to make sure that I'm aware of that uh, problem in the future. So in 2019 there will be a small bump around april february may uh those months because the tax reform package is going to give people larger than expected tax refunds again that's only going to work as a bonus though so i see that there'll be a blip of what will appear to be growth but that's not substantial growth specifically that is only a bump because people are going to badly need that money when they get it back from their tax returns. It's going to be spent incredibly quickly uh, and it's not going to be spent on one of those things that keeps growth going because they're not going to have that permanent income that they can spend for a long period of time. It's only a one-time blip thing and so after about May 2019, I think the economy is going to start getting in real trouble. You're starting to see that bear market stuff. Uh, you're starting to see more and more people talk about recession. I was talking about that in 2017 and went through 2018 and it didn't really happen necessarily. And trust me, I'm not really hoping for it. My in-laws uh, work uh, in a carpet cleaning business. They would be hurt. Uh, my mom is re-careering right now and she really needs to get into that new, new career. And uh, she also is going to probably need to sell a house. And I think housing values are starting to dip a bit. That's going to, that's causing some concern. Uh, but we're really needing that stuff to hold on in my family specifically. So don't think that I'm cheering on a recession. I just think it's going to happen. And I'm telling you about it because, hey, if you're forewarned, you're forearmed. And I think really being aware of the fact that the economy is cooling off that there's not going to be a lot of levers to make things grow or get better in the future. The fact that the tax package was passed and all it did is cause companies to do stock buybacks, which really don't help anybody on Main Street. I've heard this argument and I love it and I'm going to talk to you about it uh, just because I got a second, uh, is that we need to be more Main Street centered than Wall Street centered. And the thrust of that idea is really getting people to understand that really is what's going to drive the economy is going to be how well regular folks are doing. Uh, they are the ones that spend money. They're the ones that make companies profitable or not. It's real people spending real money. It's not like fake money from fake corporations uh, overwhelm, like kind of blowing up their sense of what their profits look like and making things on paper really look good. But again, at the end of the day, you know if you're comfortable 
with where you live, right? You know if you can afford rent easily. You know if you're gonna be able to take a vacation or not. You know how frugal you're gonna be over this holiday season or not. You know whether you're gonna buy a new car or not, or if like what you're gonna do if your car breaks down, right? People aren't aware of those things going on with every Americans, uh, and they're way more focused on the stock market. And the stock market's a really bad indicator of how Main Street economy is doing. And I really, really think we need to be more mainstream focused. I did some research and I saw that one of the things that would be a great idea that would make a significant a difference for a lot of folks immediately is if we just raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Now, I know a lot of people are like, whoa, $15 an hour, that's a lot of money to flip hamburgers. And I'd probably agree with you, except back in the day when we paid more attention to the minimum wage, when we cared more about what people made. Adjusted for inflation, they made the same amount back in like the 80s, I want to say. So that argument falls flat for me. It, we haven't seen adjustment with wages, and unless we raise the minimum wage, all wages are going to st stagnate. So we really need to be considering ways to be more Main Street focused. And one of the things I think we could do that would make the most difference, we was doing some research for a student that was going to be doing a public speech. And they said the one thing that we could do that would eradicate poverty the most is just raise the minimum wage. It would make a huge difference. And for those that worry about inflation, like the price of goods going up, like nobody's business that doesn't necessarily happen two sets of people really absorb the cost of minimum wage rising half of it does get passed on to all consumers right so it doesn't just get passed on to people that are making the higher minimum wage it gets passed on to other folks that are doing relatively well in the other spaces that they're doing the other half of it goes on businesses and that's the other place that it gets uh, spread out so studies have shown inflation would only grow by a half a percent if you raise the minimum wage to $15 starting now and trust me this is happening in Arizona we're not going to 15 but we're going to $12 an hour and we're seeing a lot of support for that and things are really going well uh, in that area it was rough on some nonprofit companies but they were able to adjust and they understand if they're really going to be a nonprofit that attempts to do good in the world, then they need to make sure that they pay the people that work there a living wage so they can do well. Second thing that I think we should look out for is an idea called stagflation. Stagflation. Raise your hand if you've heard that one before. I know. What am I doing? Am I an economist or something? Stagflation is when unemployment starts getting higher and interest rates start getting a little bit higher. I'm seeing more and more stuff move to automation. I'm seeing less, less, less and less of a role for folks without education or the ability to do a specialized workload. I'm also seeing less people my age looking at getting into construction, uh, manual labor, blue collar jobs, which I think are great. I think blue collar is a, a great field to get into. I think you get paid a lot doing some of that stuff. And I feel like it's very steady, uh, good work. But there's some folks in manufacturing specifically that their jobs are gonna get replaced by automation. It's not immigrants, it's automation. The problem is not immigrants, the problem is automation. When people talk to you about the wall, say the problem is not immigrants, the problem is automation specifically. Make sure they know that. It's such a, we gotta really change these stories that people keep telling because it really becomes a problem in the future. I think one of the things we might need to look at in 2019 specifically, but it's one of the things that we need to look at in the future, is that extreme wealth inequality signals the potential 
for global economic destabilization, which is a problem for the future of the economy. Uh, because again, super rich people can only spend so much money on regular old things. Super rich people only need so many toothbrushes, whereas the rest of us need a lot of toothbrushes, right? So if we don't have enough money to buy these toothbrushes, it's not like all these rich people are going to buy toothbrushes for the rest of us. We need a flattening of who makes money where specifically to keep the economy driving forward to a space where things could grow. And uh, that extreme wealth inequality is a potential signal for a global economic destabilization which could happen in the future. Another thing that I think we're not really prepared for is that we don't know what jobs are going to look like in like 10 years from now. And so the way we do education now, the way we prepare people for the world now is going to make a really big difference on how well they're able to adapt to the new world and these next generation jobs. I saw that there's this kid on YouTube that does this thing called ASMR, which is like stress induced, like it's supposed to relax stress by making slow, repetitive noises. I had no idea that was going to be a job, but that person could be making like $100,000 a year. That was not a job when I was a kid. When I was going to school, that's not something that like you would go to school for specifically. And so when we think about our younger generation, we need creativity to be really invested in we need to create a renaissance of creativity uh, a place where robots kind of take care of the boring the boring administration jobs and where we focus on creativity as well as emotional intelligence intelligence i heard a really amazing factoid that the other day that a person with a high emotional intelligence quotient is more productive in the workforce than somebody that has a master's in business administration Interesting. That's from the Harvard Business Review. Just so you know, I'm not making this stuff up. I find it in the world and then I tell you all about it. So unlike when we were younger, when creativity was stifled, we need to really work on skills where we get people thinking outside of the box so they can be ready for these future roles. They need to be adaptable. They need to be able to create think critically, and we need to find ways to prepare them for the global workforce of the future. So knowing that is going to be really, really important. The second to last thing I'm going to share with you is going to be shopping is going to be really different. I saw here in Phoenix in Northern Scottsdale, Fry's Grocery Store has got these robots that are going to be delivering groceries to people in Scottsdale starting in 2019. These robot cars have no place for a human to sit. It's just the stuff. It's going to drive the stuff to our house and drop the stuff off, and we're going to pick it up. Over the next few years, uh, inline and online shopping experience is going to completely change. So this takes me to the last thing that I want to talk to you about, and this is going to be the word of the year. And it's not even really a word because it's like a hyphenated word. This is going to be what we really all need to practice in 2019. Take a breath. Breathe in, breathe out. What we're going to need to do specifically in 2019 is practice non-reactivity. Everybody's going to try to get you pissed and paying attention to things in 2019. What we need to do is identify bullshit as bullshit. If people are just trying to get our get the attention or get the limelight, we need to not pay attention to those things. This is really important. My best friend Ryan used to do this back in the day where he would make these really bold predictions in order to wind up his brother. And he would make these incredibly bold predictions and then what his brother would be like, ha, 
you're wrong. That's not true. He would simply go, yeah, you're right. I was wrong. And his brother would be so upset because he didn't give him that big reaction that he was hoping for. So we need to practice non-reactivity because I think people are going to be trying to push our buttons. I don't know if you noticed this last year. People were pushing our buttons like nobody's business. Democrats were pushing buttons. Republicans were pushing buttons. Trump was pushing buttons. He pushed that button saying he's going to stop it so you could be born in America. Like, again, that's in the Constitution. He can't change that thing. But he says stuff just to get people jazzed up about stuff so we can stay in the news. We need to slow down. We need to not be so reactionary. We need to be able to take in information and be like, that sounds ridiculous, and not have emotional reactions to things. And it's hard. I'm not going to tell you it's easy to not have an emotional reaction to things because some of the things that are being discussed are life or death matters for some folks. But if we can be calm, if we can try to be rational, if we can try to think about how we create stories and narratives to undo the stories and narratives we keep hearing, we can start to transform the world a little bit more. We can start looking at some of the things that that people are trying to get us to react about because that's going to be the key, I think, in 2019. Can we become non-reactionary? Can we take in information, disseminate the information, critically think about these things and not be so taken up by indignancy or anger or things like that? We need to be able to identify crap is crap and real is real and just slow down a little bit because over and over they're going to want to hit us in that hypothalamus they're going to want to have us have that adrenaline dump they'll want to see us stressed out and they do that because they can manipulate us with fear and we need to find a way to pause for a second we need to be able to find the truth in things truth is really important because truth doesn't matter who the messenger like Truth doesn't care where a message comes from specifically. It doesn't matter because truth is true whether it comes from the mouth of a baby or whether it gets uh, mentioned from the lips of an idiot. It's still true. It doesn't matter who is the deliverer of the message. Truth still has its own inherent value in it. And so looking for truth, being able to discerning with truth, not getting so upset about things, not being so reactionary about stuff, Don't let people yank your chain. I think people are yanking our chains big time nowadays, and we need to find a way to slow down and be less reactive when people do try to yank our chains. Because this is a big way they're controlling us, is they're getting us off kilter, off balance. If I keep keep you off balance, you can never fight back, you can never swing back, you can never uh, think of how to go on the offensive. You're only defensive. You're only in a space where you're worried about everything that happens to you. Slow down. Realize you're probably going to be okay in the long run. Realize that we live in a space of community and there's other people around us that love us and really truly care about us that are willing to look out for us and know that we're not alone in this. That I'm out here for you. That other people are out here for you. You know, I don't do this because I make a million dollars. I don't do it because I get tons of ad revenue. I don't do it because I'm having these lively conversations with the people in the voicemail. I do it because I'm hoping I'm telling you something that helps you in some way. And in me helping you in some way, I help myself a little bit too. 
So understanding this about how this stuff works and knowing that this non-reactivity is going to make a difference for all of us is something that's really important to be aware of. So with that, I'm going to look at some of the things that maybe you should look into as far as like self-care that you can do to slow down this non-reactivity. The first thing that you can do is meditation. Mindfulness meditation is great. Vipassana meditation is fantastic. I think that's where you just say OM over and over again. Um, doing little things like just relaxing. Breathing is good. I'm going to teach you something that's going to help your non-reactivity and I'm going to have you do it with me with my cycles. It's called 478 breathing. And so what you do is you breathe in for a count of four. You hold it for a count of seven and you exhale for a count of eight. Do that cycle four times and it is proven to scientifically rewire your parasympathetic nervous system so you're less reactionary, you get less upset, you get less um, wound up by things. So let's try doing that. Okay, so get settled, find a, a space to do this and we're gonna breathe in for a count of four. So start breathing in now, one. All right, so we're gonna try this this four, seven, eight breathing. I stumbled on it because uh, they're actually having like hyperactive kids do this, and it slows them down and it finds a way to finds them a space to ground themselves. I want to play it again, but I feel like if I play too many YouTube videos, then this just becomes the YouTube video show. So I'm going to attempt to do this for you. All right, so get ready to breathe and breathe in one, two, three. Four, hold one, two, three, four, five, six. Breathe out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Breathe in one, two, three, four. Hold one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Breathe out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Breathe in. One, two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Breathe out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One more cycle. Breathe in. One, two, three, four hold one two three four five six seven slow out breath one two three four five six seven eight so there it is four rounds that did not take very long at all but studies show if you can do that in the morning and if you can do that at night two times a day one in the morning, one in the evening. It's gonna rewire your parasympathetic nervous system to be less reactionary and to calm down a little bit. And take it just a deep breath and shake stuff out for a second. You know, you did something for yourself. And that's a good thing. And I'm proud of you. And I know it's stupid. Maybe somebody's looking at you, what the hell are you doing breathing like that? Michelle makes fun of me for breathing like that sometimes. But you know what? I'm also calmer. I'm more, I'm less reactionary. I fight less hard. I'm less angry because I do some of that stuff. So know that this is something that's really important to do. Non-reactivity, again, is something that we're going to be looking at doing. So with that, 
This is what we talked about over the course of the podcast today. We talked about how I did looking in the future in 2018. Eh, hit or miss. I want to say I was about like maybe 70% right, but by no means am I any futurist. I looked at some of the things that are going to be happening to look out for in 2018. I think some of the biggest things that we should look at specifically are uh, the rise of wealth inequality and the problematics that are going to come with that, a cooling economy, a potential problem in the housing sector in the future. Uh, So some of the things that I said we should look out for in 2019 specifically. The last thing that I talked about is in 2019, we're going to really want to practice our non-reactivity. And so doing those things that take care of us, the four, seven, eight breathing, the mindfulness, all that stuff is going to make a really, really big difference. And to transition from that into my self-care, let's look about how I've been doing with my self-care. Well, right now I've been great with self-care. My lifting has been five times a week. I've gotten cardio in, I think, five times this week too. I'm on vacation, so it's winter break and things like this are a lot easier. So I'm going to be pumping out the podcast over this break, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, My meditation has been in the crapper, though. I have not done really any meditation. I've done some Christian guided meditation stuff uh, on the Abide app, and that's something that I like a lot. Again, I'm not getting any money from them specifically, but I'm finding if you're a Christian, it's like a 13, 15 minute guided prayer that kind of gets you to do some reflection and I've really been enjoying that specifically. And I uh, think that's been really nice too. I've been able to do some work with Tank, which has been great. He has been practicing his non-reactivity while working uh, with other people. There were some other dogs and stuff, but he was tired in spaces there. And so I think I'm doing a good job in trying to help him find his calm, happy center. And I'm happy to hear about that. I have been taking my supplements on a very regular regular basis, and we're starting to see some of the benefits for that. And I'm doing some bulking. I'm doing like a weird, very passive winter bulk right now, uh, and I feel like that's going well, but I'm getting some really focused workouts in. I'm getting some really good rest, and I'm like feeling really, really good about some of those things specifically. Uh, I need to work on getting some more reading done. Uh, I need to try to carve out some time for that because that's one of the things that I'm still looking forward to. And I want to add in for next year, me talking about my four, seven, eight breathing. So I need to put that on my schedule somewhere. So I remember to do it. If I don't schedule it, it's not important and then it won't matter. So the last thing I want to do is check in with you on my activism. I attended a workshop about the election post analysis election briefing at Aliento. And they talked about some of the issues that they had with some of the people coming out of office, going into office, some of the problem with the big polarizations that we're seeing in the world. I also sat down with Luke and tried to help him with some uh, potential like uh, opportunities on where he can make a really big impact in the community. So I talked through him on some of those things, but that's not my story, so I won't tell it. I went to a community meeting for Poder in Action. They're looking to try to do something to stop police violence specifically. I think uh, we're like the deadliest city in the nation for police violence specifically. And their their narrative of why this is a, is a problem is that we are too violent. 
and that's stupid nobody's trying to get shot by the police and it's not police's job to shoot us and we really need to do something about that so i'm going to look at being much more involved with that in the very near future i'm going to do some ally training with them and see if i can't maybe help them speak to the phoenix city council or try to find some levers in what we can do to try to make a difference for folks because this is getting out of hand and there's only been, there's already been two people shot in the last 48 hours here in Phoenix and uh, things tend to get a little bit worse over the holidays between Christmas and New Year's so something we really need to focus on and uh, something that we need to pay a lot of attention to and the last thing that I do for my activism was uh, I'm gonna be doing a lot of podcasting so I'm considering some bigger like I still have to do a nonviolent series I still want to talk about personal leadership I still want to pepper in some other ideas here and there I don't know if I want to like do a whole long session on leadership or a whole long session on nonviolence, uh, but I'm going to be considering some of those things. And I have some interesting ideas in the hopper, and I always sit, love sitting down and getting to talk to y'all a little bit more about some of these things because I become a better person in that I have the ability to explain this to other people a little bit better. So, if this podcast was helpful for you, if you got a sense of something that you want to do in 2000. 19 to become a little bit better remember it all interconnects and it all makes a difference if you just eat a clean dinner today you become a better person and that helps us so remember you taking care of you helps you take care of us and that's really important so if this made you think of something feel free to give me a call at 860-576-9393 you can also text me at this number 860-576-9393 also in the podcast news we just were able to put our site on a secure server which means i can put it in new places and so now the inclusive activism podcast is on spotify what we're on spotify wah, wah, wah. i don't know i just like that noise uh but i'm really proud to see us on spotify i'm it's really cool that we're on a secure server now nobody can really mess with us not that anybody was i'm still thinking about like distorting my voice and acting like a racist caller and that like pretending to respond to this person so we'll see if i do that or not who knows it's my podcast y'all are listening we'll see what happens right so again, I'd still love to talk to you about what you think about things. So call me at 860-576-9393. You can email me at inclusiveactivism at cox.net. That's I-N-C-L-U-S-I-V-E-A-C-T-I-V-I-S-M at cox.net. And that's another way to get a hold of me. But I really enjoy you sharing these ideas with me and hearing your thoughts and ideas on that stuff. And remember, this is supposed to be for a place for us to have conversations. And I would love to see that conversation to happen. I want to be having a dynamic relationship with you and it's funny because again you tell me about how it feels like you're eating bowls of cereal with friends but i want to talk to you too i'm alone talking to myself in my office i look like a weirdo help me out uh i'll see if we can't bring in sarah at some point in time over the break uh and do our retrospective about how things are going with the both of us and uh as always if you're interested in learning more about me or this organization you can do so at www.inclusiveactivism.com and we can bring the power of inclusive thinking to you um looking at a lot of cool topics in 2019 personal leadership uh, i want to do some podcasts on the differences between generations and how we can get better at working together with other generations uh, i still got to do non-violence and 
and still thinking of interesting things to talk to you about on the daily. So I hope you are finding yourself blessed in this new 2019 year. If it hasn't dropped in 2019, it's fitting to be, or you're probably listening to it at that time. So again, I hope you're doing well. I care about you and thank you for taking the time to listen. Can't wait to talk to you in the future. Voicemail me 860-576-9393. And then this is Rowdy signing off. Have a great day and be blessed in the new year.